You're listening to Voice Acting Mastery, episode number 86. Welcome to the Voice Acting Mastery podcast with Crispin Freeman. VoiceActingMastery.com is your place to learn both the skills and the mindset you need to become a professional voice actor, even if you're just getting started. In each episode of this podcast, you'll discover valuable tips, tricks, and insider information to help you portray characters in animation, video games, and beyond. And now here's your host, voice actor Crispin Freeman. Hi there, my name is Crispin Freeman, and I'll be your guide through the world of voice acting. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to check out my personal website at www.crispinfreeman.com. Welcome to the third and final part of my interview with the wonderfully talented Scott Menville. Scott is probably best known for his portrayal of Robin in the animated series Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go! But Scott has been working both as a voice actor and an on-camera actor since he was 11 years old. Scott brings a wealth of experience to our discussion, as well as an amazingly positive mindset, and I'm thrilled to have him on the podcast. In this episode, Scott and I wrap up our discussion by talking about the times in voice acting when things didn't seem to go our way. However, in the midst of such adversity, Scott and I both learned powerful lessons. Often you learn and grow more from your so-called failures than your successes. After all, a failure is just an opportunity to learn something new on the way to your future success. At the end of our interview, Scott was kind enough to share his advice for aspiring voice actors. His insights are useful and encouraging, and I'm sure you'll enjoy them. And now, the feature segment. Actually, I've had experiences where I was actually uh, fired from a job because I was not, uh, my skill level was not good enough to give them what they needed, right? They this liked, must have been early on for this you. Is, yeah, this was early on when I first came to L.A. I wasn't quite up to speed with the L.A. scene and the way people worked here and the level of, of artistry. I wasn't working on that competitive level. I'd come to the major leagues and I needed more batting practice. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, I did because not... Because L.A. is a very competitive market where the best of the best of the best have come. Yeah, and, and there I was doing my best and not quite measuring up. Um, and I had, I had a little lesson in humility there and I had to go back and do some more batting practice. And then later, um, that failure allowed me to develop a voice that later when I was working on a different show, um, with the same woman who had directed me in the show I'd been fired from, she didn't want to, but they had to get somebody else because I couldn't do it. And then I was working on a different show with her and I said, Ooh, check this out. I can do the voice. And I did it. And she's like, why couldn't you do that six months ago? I was like, I had to plant the seeds and I had to go through the process. Growth takes what the growth takes. and But I had to keep applying myself. It didn't just hop, happen automatically. Wow. I had to go and work and craft it. And she's like, well, great. And now I've been able to use that voice ever since on stuff. Good for you. Yeah, so it's the kind of thing where like, all right, you had your the, the things that did not go well for you in acting class because you got to practice something. That's why I think people think, oh, I'll just, I just need to find the auditions and I just need to, where's the work? And it's like, well, are you, are you competitive? Are you really professional? Right. Are you ready to, are you good enough that people want to pay you to do this? There's a phrase that I like, um, cry in the dojo, laugh on the battlefield. There you go. 
right? Yep. If you're going to make your mistakes, better to make it in a classroom environment, especially with someone there who is trying to help you. Sure. Right? A teacher. It's a safe environment. To, to help you and other students that you can learn from than to be up in front of a microphone in front of producers and then strike out. That is no fun no. at all. Uh, going back to your story, I think it's great that you learned from it rather than becoming embittered because I'm sure that hurts. When you, I mean, you're oh, so excited was... to book the job. You could have let that... It happened you twice. Could, did it? Well, I, bet, I, I got replaced on something, too. Uh, I, I, I got replaced on two shows back-to-back. But how cool that you that you learned something from it and you made yourself stronger from it rather than becoming embittered or letting it tear down your self-esteem about your talent. Or they're wrong. Right. They're just wrong. Well, they... Uh... Well, who knows? They could have been wrong. Who knows? They but, could have been. But that's not but, really going to help you get better. Exactly. That's not helpful. So what are you going to do? Argue with them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to work. How about, all right, we'll see what you need to do. Is, is it, uh, it seems to me one of the most important things that, um, uh, well, two, I guess, things. One is critical listening, being able to listen to yourself and really hear what you're doing in comparison to other people and whether you actually sound professional, if you're actually doing what they need. And second is being honest. It's the toughest thing for people to be honest with themselves about their acting skills. We're not all good at everything. No. There's certain things we excel at, certain things we're not so good at. But if we're not honest about the things that we're not so good at, there's no way for us to get better at them. Right. Because then we're, we'll just act, we just put a, a sticker over the empty gas tank and, oh, there's no problem here. You know, no, there's a problem. Yeah. And it's fixable. Anything is fixable. You can always improve your skills, but only if you're honest about where you actually are. Absolutely. And I think you and I have listened to ourselves enough by recording our own auditions at home or hearing ourselves when, we're, when we do a job and then it airs, that we know what our voices sound like. And even still, you'll hear like, oh, I was a little flat on that line. Let me go back in the booth and redo it. Or you have to be honest with yourself, like you said. Mm-hmm. Or uh, my timing was a little off. Can I do another take on that? Right. And with that is always the mindset of I'm trying to make the character better, not I want attention no. <laughs> I want someone to make me feel special. Listen, these studios, I can't even imagine what it costs to go record at Warner Brothers where we do Teen Titans Go. or I, I mean, you're working at a top-of-the-line studio. It's, time is money. Everybody's getting paid in there. They don't have time to coddle an, an actor. You need to come in and you know be hitting it with all guns firing. If you need to do another take to make the show better, cool. If you need to do it to get good strokes from somebody, you're probably going to get weeded out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. So, I'm sure all the time you get asked uh, uh, by people, Hey, I, you're a voice actor. I want to be a voice actor, too. Well, here's your opportunity to tell my listening audience, what would your advice to voice actors be? Someone comes to you, what do you think they need to know? What's, what's the best uh, path for them in order to become a voice actor? Okay, I am so grateful to you. I'm grateful to Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt, and I'm grateful to Dee Bradley Baker because I can refer them to Go to voice, uh, voiceactingmastery.com, listen to the podcasts. Go to Yuri Lowenthal and Tara Platt's uh, book, Voice Over Voice Actor, and they have a website. Go to Dee Bradley Baker's website, IWantToBeAVoiceActor.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, these things are wonderful, and it's gold that you guys are giving out there, you with your podcasts and them with their books and websites that answer so many things. That said, beyond all that, I would say the key word in voice acting is acting. 
It's not about like, wow, yeah, dude, you live in Des Moines, Iowa, and you can do a dead-on Homer Simpson, or you live in Topeka, Kansas, and you can do a dead-on SpongeBob. They've already got Dan Castellaneta. They've already got Tom Kenny. They're not going to replace those guys. That's fantastic that you can do that. Do you have acting chops behind it? If not, get into an acting class. Record yourself on your on your uh, smartphone, you know, then play it back. Get used to hearing the sound of your voice. If you sp- if just your speaking voice alone is something that you play and you hear it back and go, whoa, does that sound like me? Well, then you need to listen to your voice a lot more. <laughs> you and I don't have that. We know what we sound like. It's that critical listening and that honesty. Yeah. I had that aha moment about my own voice because I was raised in Chicago and you can tell I don't really have much of a Chicago accent anymore. But there was a time, you know, doubles, the bears, Chicago. You Did know, you so, really? Oh, totally. Wow. And the reason I found out about it is because we sang in a chorus and we had a very ambitious uh, choral master who had us sing the Mozart Requiem. And I was very fond of the movie Amadeus. And there's the famous scene in Amadeus where Salieri is helping Mozart compose his Requiem while he's in his sort of what will become his sort of uh, deathbed. Um, but he's on his sickbed and they're composing the Confutatis. It's a movement in the Requiem, and it goes, Confutatis, maledictis, flamis acribus addictis. And we were, we were singing this in the chorus as, like, high schoolers. We thought we were so cool singing the Mozart Requiem. And it was from the movie, and it's, oh, this is awesome. And so they recorded it. And I got a cassette tape later of our concert performance in this really nice concert hall with orchestra and everything. And I put it in, and this is what came out of the speaker. Confutatis, maledictis. <laughs> Flammy sacribus addictis. And I went, oh, that's what I sound like? It was the first time I became aware of how I sounded. I was probably, I don't know, 14 or 15 years old. Yeah. And I went, oh, I will never sound like that again. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a role that calls for somebody from Chicago. Exactly. Unless they need a Midwesterner. Then yeah. I'll pull it out in a heartbeat. But that's when I was like, oh, I need to be able to control that. I need to be able to turn that on and off when I need to because that's not always going to be appropriate for whatever I'm working yeah. on. So, yeah, recording I, yourself, acting. That's cool. I, I do want to add something, too, uh, in that whatever your passion is, whether it's to get into this business or, or following your dream, however, there are going to be a lot of no's and a lot of people who tell you no and give you reasons why you can't. But if you have a passion for it, don't listen to to those no's, unless they're constructive no's. But, you know, people say, oh, it's too hard to break into voiceover. It's a tight-knit community. They only hire the people they know. Well, we see new people break in all the time. You know, the cream rises to the top. We see talented people break in. At one point, nobody knew who Crispin Freeman was, you know? It's true. So, and, and people say, oh, that's a Crispin Freeman character. And it's like, well, it wasn't before I showed up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you say that now because I have worked on these things. And, you, oh, the, you're the inside track, Scott. You're, you're one of those chosen. Well, you weren't always. You had to work at that. Yeah. And if I didn't have the skills, I would have done that job and never gotten hired again after that. Exactly. Um, uh, the acting stuff, what kind of acting uh, classes would you recommend to people? I would say... Uh, Anything that they're passionate about, everything helps. I, I when I going back to that summer that I studied at uh, Strasbourg in New York, I took uh, a Shakespeare class. That all helped because you learn, you know, rhythm, rhythm, rhythm of doing these sonnets and soliloquies. And uh, but improvisation, scene study. It depends on what kind of acting you want to get into. Do you want to mm-hmm. do theater? Study the classical plays. Do you want to go book a guest star on? I don't know some. 24 or, 24 or something then look at look at the genre go to go to a dramatic class 
but uh, everything helps. I, I know wonderful actors who can juggle and who can mime, and I know a great voice actor who does fire throwing, and anything that you can put into your repertoire can only help. Is there, are there any uh, types, you've taken theater acting, film acting, improv, uh, Shakespeare, um, are, are there any aspects of that acting that you feel are more or less applicable to voice acting, or does it all go in the soup that is you as an actor? I think it all goes into the soup, but I would say uh, for voice acting specifically, improv would probably be the main, the main one out of those that, that just continues continues to pay dividends. <laughs> and uh, I, I also want to say, I, taking acting classes, I, I never really thought twice about writing a check to take another session of an acting class. Mm -hmm. That said, I was always fortunate in that I was working, so mm -hmm. I did have the money to write a check to get into acting class, and I know times can be tight for people, but I just always looked at it as fueling the fire, mm -hmm. the, fueling the fire to follow my passion. If there's anything that I've tried to uh, include in the ethos of the podcast, even in the name Voice Acting Mastery, is the idea that acting is not something that someone just comes along and says, oh, you are special, we are going to hire you, that it takes mastery, that it is a craft that must be studied and worked on, just as playing a piano takes craft and mastery. Um, and sometimes it can be a little uh, mysterious or not quite clear to those who aren't as experienced with acting um, how that craft gets developed. Um, but it's really wonderful to hear that in, in your background, how important that craft was, how important it was for you to study, to learn, to expand yourself as an artist in whatever way was possible and realizing that all of it could contribute to playing Robin on Teen Titans right. or playing somebody on Rainbow Bright or whatever <laughs> video game yeah. you know, you're working on, that this is all part of who you are as a creative artist, not just, I want to do a voice. Right, right. That this is that this is a, a path that you are passionate about, and because of your passion, it inspires you to learn all this different stuff. So that because it's it's, uh, I assume. Hopefully, I'm not putting words in your mouth. That it is pleasurable to you to grow as an artist and to expand Absolutely. your capabilities. Absolutely, and I will even go so far as to say, uh, I love the title of your podcast, and I don't think that anybody ever masters it. No. Where it's all a work in progress. We're all trying to get better and better and better. Yes. And that was the funny thing, actually, when I first started coming up with the podcast. And I said, voice acting mastery. It's a great title. But who am I? I'm not a voice acting master. What that, you know, there's plenty of guys who have more experience and even more skill and can do stuff that I can't buy. Who am I to be? And it was, that was when my wife said, no, 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 no. You're not the voice acting master. You're just the host of the podcast. You, like everyone else, is searching for that mastery. Absolutely. Is trying to expand your skills. Daily. Is, yeah, trying to get better and better at things. So voice acting mastery is not an end goal. It's not we're done with the journey. Voice acting mastery is the journey towards more and more artistry and more and more expansion of abilities. Yeah. And there there really is no one way to go about this business. It's no. It's, you know, everybody's got a different path. There are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actors who have never set foot in an acting class. So to, to each his own. Yeah. And, and there is no recipe. If there were, I wouldn't have 70, 80 episodes of a podcast at this point. Right. Right. Because that's what everyone wants. They want the recipe. What's the best way to get into voice acting? And the problem is there is no recipe. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to have critical listening skills. And you have to decide from that place of honesty, what do I need? What yeah. is it going to take for me to get better at this? It may be this thing that everyone advises me to do. 
I may try it and realize this is not helping me. Right. I better try something else that does help me. Whatever it takes. Right. Yeah. If it's something you're passionate about, you will do whatever it takes to figure out what to get the artistic results that you want. Absolutely. And you take what you want and leave the rest, as the saying goes. Yes. Good. Uh, great artists. Uh, good artists borrow. Great artists steal. Yeah. I yeah. think Michael Caine talks about that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's originally attributed to Picasso, but I'll oh, okay. I'll, I'll take it from Michael Caine as <laughs> well, well. Michael Caine stole it from Picasso. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> exactly. Stealing is good. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Scott. It's absolutely a pleasure and honor to have you on the podcast. Oh, thanks really for having appreciate me. Appreciate it. And uh, to anybody out there interested in doing this, or whatever else you're interested in, follow your heart, follow your passion, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Scott for taking the time to talk with me. It's always a pleasure to hear from an artist who has such a positive and uplifting mindset. Our discussion together left me inspired, and I hope all of you were too. In the next episode, I'll continue answering more questions from my listeners. For those of you who don't know, I provide a call-in number where any of you can leave me a voicemail with your own thoughts, thank yous, or questions. Then, when it's time for me to do a Q&A episode, I choose the most relevant questions and answer them for you here on the podcast. The call-in number is 323-696-2655. Please remember to state your first name and what city in the world you're calling from before leaving your message. I'll include this call-in number in the blog post associated with this episode on voiceactingmastery.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. You've been listening to the Voice Acting Mastery Podcast with Crispin Freeman. To get your free report revealing the five most common mistakes to avoid in voice acting, point your web browser to www.freevoiceactinggift.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.